everyone. It's Alan Schimmel, and you're listening to another DevOps Chat. Today's DevOps Chat is a special episode on the upcoming Appian World Conference taking place April 23rd to April 25th, right here in my backyard at the Fountain Blue in Miami Beach, Florida. Uh, promises to be a great conference. I, I will be there doing videos. I'm also a judge for a hackathon that Appian is putting on as part of Appian World. And um happy to or proud to say that my co-judge on, in the hackathon is none other than Steve Wozniak of Wheels of Zeus and, uh, of course, co-founder of Apple. So most people will probably remember what the Woz is the judge of hackathon, but I'm there too. Um, <laughs> that being said, though, you heard the chuckle. Let me introduce my guest. Let me, excuse me. Let me introduce my guest. I'm very happy to have joining us today on DevOps Chat, Mr. Malcolm Ross, VP of Product Marketing at Appian. Malcolm, welcome. Thank you, Alan. And uh, don't diminish your role. You know, even though you'll be singing along, Steve Wozniak, uh, you have an equal vote to him on the uh, hackathon winners. So look forward to your participation. You're right. And as long as we don't have to dance, I think I'll be okay. But yeah. um, <laughs> <laughs> that being said, let's let's we'll talk about Woz later. Malcolm, let's first start off with, all right, maybe someone's listening to our podcast today who has not heard of Appian before. Give us give us a quick background. Yeah, I mean, Appian's been a software company since uh, 1999 and really focused on a, a providing a single platform that serves a number of needs in enterprise software. You know, this includes things like business process management. Uh, I've always loved the market of BPM and business process management because process is one of those uh, fundamental truths, I say, of uh, enterprise needs. Uh, every single organization has a need to orchestrate the complex operations or business, and BPM software like Appian is great for it. Uh, but, of course, our software, better known over the past several years, and certainly with our IPO last year, it's become better known as a low-code application development platform. Uh, very focused, of course, still on process, but it's the idea that you can just have visual composition tools for dragging and dropping and building an enterprise-grade application. And of course, the types of apps our customers are building are really enterprise apps. So it's you know thousands of concurrent users, complex processes, and complex operations for a number of leading Fortune 500 organizations. Absolutely. And, and you know, you brought up low code, and, and certainly that's something Appian is well known for in the market. It's also something that we cover a bit on DevOps.com. You know, Malcolm, I, I saw an interesting comment. We, we recently had an article up about low code just this past week. And someone wrote that as a developer, even though it's much, much harder, they, they relish writing code rather than building an app sort of in mm -hmm. a GUI or in a low code system. And I thought to myself, man, <laughs> you know, how many people are out there like that? It, in today's world where we want to get things done, you know, as efficiently and quickly as possible, why would you opt? You know, I, I don't know. What do you, what do you think about that? So, yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there is a market for both what we call high productivity, low code tools and high control tools. You know, for, for every Java developer and .NET developer who loves writing .NET, there's also a few people who just think, hey, building stuff in assembler is the way to go. You know, mm -hmm. and not to say that there's, there is no room now that Java and .NET are in existence that there you should never build anything in assembly language anymore. It's just false. If you want to do some really low level graphic control, 
you're, you're an assembler. You know, if you're dealing directly with the hardware, you're in that type of level. So low code is just another abstraction of building software. You know, like, like there's several abstractions depending on how much direct control you need to have on the, the hardware and the logic. High control environments like Java are going to give you a much greater granule control to build a specific application functionality. But the idea of a low-code application platform, especially in the market like what Appian's in, is that we're building a low-code application uh, platform that satisfies a number of common <coughs> needs for enterprise operations. So in that sense, there's going to be a lot of pre-built components for you, such as a BPM state engine, such as an analytics engine, such as UI components that you can rapidly assemble into user experience that's going to allow you to build very common enterprise apps very quickly. Uh, that said, you know, are you going to use a low-code application like Appian to build, say, Pokemon Go? No, you're not going to do that. You know, maybe you're in some assembler at that level if you need some really high-fidelity graphics control. Uh, but so there's always that room for depending on how much control, how much time you want to spend on building an application. You're going to spend time in Java sometimes for that high-level control. But for common applications, you're going to use probably low-code. Uh, the reason we like the low-code market, though, is that the potential is huge because fundamentally there are not enough developers in the world to satisfy the needs for enterprises and the overall market for digital technology development. So there's, there's a huge demand out there for you know, building new customer experiences, building new digital operations across all aspects of business, consumer interactions, and there's just not enough. You know, if you're building all that using... Uh, you know, Xcode or Swift or, you know, raw Android Java development. There's just not enough mobile developers out there to satisfy the market demand. So that's where low code's also coming into play to satisfy a lot of those common solutions you need for like doing store inspections, doing field inspections, uh, doing surveys for mobile app development or doing common enterprise ops. Low code's ideal for that, for allowing to rapidly satisfy those needs for digital technology. Great. I love this discussion, Malcolm. I, I think we needed to kind of level set here with our audience because a lot of people with, you know, they hear low code, they're not 100% sure. Now, mm -hmm. let, let's turn, if we can, for a, a moment to Appian World itself. Um, this year, this year's event, as I mentioned, is the, down in Miami Beach at the Fountain Blue. But previous Appian events, can you give us a little history of Appian World? Uh, yeah, we've been having our global user conference since uh, 2009 now. So last year we had it in downtown San Francisco. Uh, so now we're doing about an east-west. East so we're, you know, this year we're down in the uh, Fountain Blue Hotel in Miami Beach. Uh, and this is a conference that's really for enterprises looking to learn how to digitally transform their businesses. So it's not just about uh, development or low-code development, but it's also a lot of learning learning from case studies from uh, other leading organizations and thought leaders in the industry about how they're applying Appian technology and our partner technology to support kind of digital transformation initiatives. Uh, but of course, we also have a dedicated developer jam sessions as well. So for those low code and high control developers, uh, we're going to have dedicated sessions for you to basically expand your knowledge of the development tools available to you. Uh, the Developer Jam session is actually being sponsored by Google this year, so we're really happy to have that as one of our sponsorship partners to increase that kind of uh, uh, insight into how also to use Google Analytics services and cognitive services into the Appian application stack as well. Fantastic. So, you know, you mentioned the DT word, right? And, and that seems to be on everyone's lips. Um, you know, 
One of the things, and it's one of a, a favorite topics that I have written about several times this year, Malcolm, and that is, you know, this digital transformation is not as easy as everyone may think it is. And I, I hear from a lot of organizations, yeah, we were, you know, we were undergoing a digital transformation. It, it hasn't gone as, as well as we hoped. Um, yeah. First of all, no one promised them a rose garden, of course, right? No one ever said, I think, that it was easy. But for those folks listening who are saying, yeah, we're, we're about to go down that path or we are, you know, down that path, any, any sage words of wisdom you can give them? Well, definitely, you know, take advantage of conferences and uh, opportunities to learn from others. Uh, it is a difficult path. Uh, there's a number of hurdles, not just on the actual development, but trying to formulate that vision that you have, especially if you're d building something in a customer experience fashion of um, how you're going to basically bring that product to market, make sure it's successfully adopted by the customer base that you're targeting as well uh, and deploy in a way that uh, it's going to be consumed. Uh, and then always don't underestimate the long-term uh, maintenance or what we also call technical debt of that implementation as well. So just because you got that great iPhone app and that great Android app doesn't mean it's going to work in the latest iPhone X. You got to constantly be investing these uh, these tools or these, uh, these software solutions that you build. And I think a lot of people underestimate that as well as far as um, it's not just a one-time project. Digital transformation is about changing the operations of the organization to be software centric and focus on software delivery. So it's a it's a cultural change, not just a technology project to focus on constantly evolving the the interaction patterns, constantly evolving the uh, the experiences through digital means, as well as uh, making sure you're always working on the, the way that your customers want to interact. If they're dropping Facebook and adopting this new platform or if they're moving from one device to another, you always have to be in those devices, in those mediums, in those digital mediums to make sure that your application is still relevant. Got it. Got it. Malcolm, um, of Appian World, well, we're not really giving anything away. Appian World, uh, Monday night is opening reception. Tuesday, uh, CEO sort of keynote, uh, Matt mm -hmm. Calkins. Without letting the cat out of the bag, can you kind of talk to us about, you know, usually the CEO is going to set the tone, set the themes for, yep. for, for a, a user conference like this. What, again, not asking, we're not, you know, we're not waterboarding <laughs> you here, but what could you tell us without getting in trouble? Yeah, I, I mean, I certainly tell you, we're going to have some big announcements at Appian World around the Appian product, uh, you know, moving into some. Uh, we're expanding the footprint of our own product into new untapped markets, we'll say, that can benefit from low-code app development. Uh, but with that as well, we also have a lot of exciting kind of programs and hands-on training available. So even on the pre-conference day, we have some exciting hands-on training sessions around building effective blockchain solutions with the Ethereum platform. Uh, that's going to be a hands-on lab, so you come in for one hour. And that one hour, you're going to learn the ins and outs of what blockchain is all about. You're going to be set up with a, a free trial account access to both Ethereum and Appian. And you're going to set up a solution for basically tracking uh, car repairs inside of the Ethereum blockchain. Uh, and then as well, we also have another AI session, a hands-on lab, that same pre-conference day, focus on applying intelligent automation into your business processes. So using AI cognitive services for things like intelligent triaging of service requests and natural language processing to understand the context of, uh, of requests as they come in. 
And then the last session we have is also an IoT hands-on lab. So it's going to integrate some Amazon button devices and other devices. Again, uh, for all those attendees of the hands-on lab sessions, you're going to get uh, hands-on with it. You're going to get free trials. You're going to get uh, IoT buttons, Ethereum access. Uh, but if you are interested in that, of course, you got to sign up quickly because uh, I think we have about 10% of the spaces left in those sessions. Uh, for the main days, it's going to be all about, you know, first the Appian product announcements. We have some, as you said, ex exciting offerings to announce with the Appian offering uh, that's going to expand the Appian solution, some new market areas uh, of, that have been uh, uns unsatisfied, I'll say, by the, uh, low, uh, by the complex development requirements put on them. So I think a low-code application is ripe for expanding to certain market areas. And then finally, of course, a lot of great stories. So not only, of course, we have Steve Wozniak presenting on the closing keynote. We have John Reimer, a very uh, leading uh, thought leader and industry analyst from Forrester Research, uh, both a co-judge for yourself on the hackathon as well as presenting on the final session, and some great social events. So we're going to be at the Perez Art Museum in Miami. The PAM uh, bought out the entire museum for a great social event to network with your peers and learn a little bit more about what other people are doing for their own digital transformation initiatives. Fantastic. Um, is that Monday night, the opening reception, or that's a Tuesday night reception? Tuesday night, yeah. Monday night's just around the pool at the Fountain Blue, so we have a great opening reception that there. And then, yeah, that doesn't stink. Fountain Blue's a great hotel. And then Tuesday night, we're going to have a, like a line of buses all at the Fountain Blue, busing uh, all 1,500 or so people from the Fountain Blue over to the Perez Art Museum for a great party event there. Fantastic. So you're not allowed to pick your own session. Okay. But <laughs> beyond your own session, Malcolm, which one, which is the, what's the can't miss one for our audience? What, well, know? I mean, I, for me, I, I, I want to definitely see Steve, uh, Steve mm -hmm. Wozniak, that is, you know, he's obviously a, a pioneer in personal computing for us. So great insights. Uh, we also have John Foley, who's a, uh, uh a Blue Angels pilot, uh, so also great insights on kind of taking chances. Uh, and then as well, uh, it's hard for me to choose. I would say uh, what I look forward to the hearing the most is the customer stories. You know, we have a lot of great customers lined up to talk about their specific implementations, both their challenges and their successes and lessons learned. So, and of course, those include companies like uh, uh, HCSC, Anthem Insurance, uh, KKR, a lot of great enterprise organizations lined up. Fantastic. You know what? And I, I will just mention to our audience, we are going to be there with our video uh, team, and we'll be doing some uh, video at the event, as well as doing some blogging and reporting. So look look to DevOps.com for uh, upset, up, updates and insights into, into what's going on there at Appian World. Malcolm, we only have a minute or two left, but let, let's talk beyond uh, Appian World. What's next? What's next uh, for Appian? Well, I, I mean, we have, we have a lot on our plate. As I said, the, the low-code application market is just really starting. So we're really looking forward to seeing a lot of adoption and growth in the whole marketplace. And digital transformation is tough. And I know enterprises are going to be at this for many, many years to come. Uh, we are lining up a, a smaller event in London in October 9th. So if you're in the European area and can't make it to Miami, uh, look for us in London around October 9th. Oh, and then cool. as well, we'll have an, another event in Australia in Melbourne around the November timeframe. 
And then we'll, we'll be at it again for Happy and Real 2019 in San Diego. Uh, but that's yeah. one of the pre-announcement things we haven't actually shared yet. So you get a little bit of a preview into what we're about to announce. You heard it here first. Um, <laughs> it's funny. You know, it, it seems like the tech world moves in standard circles. Malcolm, you know, my, my life pretty much goes, I, I live here in South Florida, and um, my life pretty much revolves around San Francisco, Las Vegas, London, Melbourne, Singapore. This year I've added Bangalore and, and Beijing, Shanghai to the mix a bit. But uh, that's that's the circuit, I guess, that we, we live on. Um, you know, you mentioned uh, uh, low-code just, just starting to kind of catch its stride. Where, where do you think, you know, the future of low-code, if I could ask you to look in a crystal ball, Five years from now, and, and really five years in internet time is infinity, but three to five years from now, what do you, what do you see low-code, Malcolm? Uh, I see, personally, I think low-code being the norm for how any type of uh, enterprise app is typically going to be developed. Uh, so, as I said, it's yes, you can develop these things in Java and .NET, but ultimately you want to use the most efficient tool that's going to get the job done well. And modern low-code application development platforms, uh, this is not your power builder from the 1990s. Yeah. Uh, these are cloud-first enterprise platforms ready to support high load and build complex applications, but in a low-code sense. Uh, they're going to be ripe to take a lot of that market for kind of common applications. Uh, Java.net, those custom applications, they're still going to have a firm place as well. But you'll see low-code eat into that market and take up a lot of that uh, kind of oxygen as far as how apps are going to get built. So if, if you're a developer, haven't been exposed to low-code, you know, encourage you check out an Appian free trial or pop on down to Appian World, check it out. Uh, it is kind of the future of how software development is going to get made. I, I don't disagree, and I, I – um... You know, one of the lessons I learned as a young man, I, I'm, I'm not very handy. I should say that off the bat. But it's all about the tools and using the right tool for the job. You can have the best tool. If it's the wrong mm -hmm. tool for the job, you're not being efficient. So I, I think with low code and, and every, you know, reading what, listening to what you're saying, it really is. It, 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 for the right situation, it's absolutely the right tool. And I think over time, increasingly, it's going to be the right tool for an increasingly larger number of situations. So low code is, is definitely up. And yeah, and I think that's Sorry, and that's what people are learning right now. It's like, where does it fit, right? What is that race situation? Uh, that's what a lot of people are getting educated on. Yep. Well, Malcolm, thanks for spending a couple of moments with us here. We're over time, but we always do. Um, I hope everyone has enjoyed our conversation. I know I certainly have. I'll see you in about two weeks or so in uh, at the Fountain Blue. For yeah, Apple thanks, Alan. I'll see you soon. All right. Hey, that was Malcolm Ross, VP Product Marketing at, at Appian. This is Alan Schimmel, and you've just listened to another DevOps chat. Have a great day, everyone.